welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the table. I am so excited about my guest today. My guest today is Molly Moody, and the first time I heard her was at a Christmas concert in December. And she was there touring on a Christmas concert with Christy Knuckles and her family and Ann Voskamp. And when Christy introduced her, it made it sound like there was a story behind Molly having this album coming out. And one of the very fun things about having a podcast is that now I have a place for people to tell their story. And so sort of at my sister's urging, I went over and asked Molly if she'd be on the podcast. And she said yes. So I'm so excited to welcome Molly Moody to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So is there anything else you'd like to tell us about yourself to introduce you? Yes. Well, I guess I'll just say that this is right up my alley uh, as far as being on a podcast and getting to talk about, you know, your story and everything. Being from the country, I'm from a a really small town in Arkansas called Rosebud, and um, I now live in the northern suburbs of Atlanta. But where I grew up, we really were kind of raised out in the woods and that's where my family was from. And so we kind of came from this tradition of, I guess, enjoying each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just didn't really go to town too much. So we had to figure out how to have fun. So (laughs) playing games and just really just, I guess, valuing just being in the company of people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess that's something about me that, uh, is to me an important part of who I am is I just, I kind of like the simple things in life and just company of other people and getting to know people and stuff. And after I saw you in the concert, you I started following you on Instagram, and you were had lots of posts about a horse. Do you have a horse, <laughs> a special horse? Yes, I do. Um, so I'm 35 years old, and when I was two, a couple of horses we had had babies, um, or colts, I guess is what they're called, and one of them got to be mine, which was exciting, and so I named her Sugar Lips, and she's still alive and well, and she's... 33. So that's wow. pretty old for a horse, but mm-hmm. she's kind of more like a pet. She's never been worked too hard in her <laughs> life, but I post about her a lot just because I think she's so cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just so, she's so fat and loves snacks and she just, she's just the cutest horse. So did you ever ride her? So we would walk, we'd get walked on her, which means my dad would just put a rope around her. I oh, guess okay. he put a bridle on, but then mm-hmm. he would just and we would just sit on her while she walked. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I could get bucked off, like when I was probably eight or nine and broke my arm, but whatever. It wasn't her oh. fault, you know. She just got scared. <laughs> so, but yeah, we never, we never like trained her or anything. Okay. We just kind of loved on her. <laughs> <laughs> Gave her snacks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she loved it. So when Christy Knuckles was introducing you at the concert, it, she made it sound like there was a like a backstory to you releasing this album that you just released Uh and is this your first album yeah I did an EP about 10 years ago of just some songs that I had written after college Uh, but this was my first like full-length album like the whole shebang full production Um, and I released that back in October Um, it's called heart songs and yeah so that was like the first you know full-length album Mm -hmm. I guess you call it well and it's beautiful I have it in my car. I listen to it often when I'm driving. Thank you. Thank you. 
So then how do you, how did you get to the place of recording an album? What is, what is, I guess, what is your story with, with your album and with music? Yeah. Well, um, let's see. I, I guess I could just start at the beginning. Um, when I was a little girl, my family was real musical and I just always loved singing. And I, I just, I mean, it was my favorite thing. I sang all the time and harmonized with the ABC song. Like, I mean, I just, <laughs> from a very young age, really just took to singing and loved it. And, uh, and I loved music. Music really moved me. I can remember going to Disney movies when I was five years old and just genuinely crying because the songs so expressed the emotion of the characters. It just touched me so deeply. Mm-hmm. So I think, so when it came time, you know, like I said, I'm from a very small town and I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I was like, I mean, people go to Hollywood and get famous and stuff, but I, I didn't, I just didn't know kind of what the path was, but I knew that desire was so real that I wanted to walk towards it. Mm-hmm. And so I went to college in Nashville, Tennessee at Belmont. It's like a music okay. school. So I went there and kind of followed the dream, and um, that's actually where I met Christy and her husband, Nathan, who I started babysitting for them, and she kind of was my... That was the first time I had ever had someone say, like, I want to pour into your life, you know, or Mm -hmm. I want to mentor you, for lack of a better word. It was really more like friendship. And so we just became, like, best friends, and they kind of more became like family. But, yeah, so the college years is when I was kind of... I, I don't know. I think I, let's see, because growing up, I, I knew Jesus, but college is when my relationship with God really became my own. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he was the, I moved to Nashville, not knowing a soul. So he was like my constant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so I graduated college and still deep down knew I wanted to be an artist, but I was just so scared to death of that. It felt so overwhelming. It felt almost foggy. Cause I was like, I have no clue how to do that you know but I knew that if I was being totally honest you know people will say like what's your dream if if money doesn't matter there's no I'd be like well I want to be an artist like I want to sing songs in front of lots of people that are from my heart you know Mm -hmm. and anyways I sang background vocals for a while for like a gospel artist and I got to travel the world and that was fun um but still something inside me was like I want more, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was all good. It was good. It was good experience. I learned a ton about like how music can really minister to people like in a live setting, like at a concert, you know, Mm -hmm. people can really experience Jesus in that way. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, eventually moved on to Atlanta where I still am now. I, I kind of followed Christy and Nathan to help start a church here in the city. And that's when I really started to grow as a worship leader, you know, because I had led worship here and there, but not not in front of like a lot of people in like professional settings, which I guess, you know, as a singer, there's just degrees of professionalism where it just kind of calls forth more. It just requires more excellence, you know, mm-hmm. So I was getting these opportunities where I was really getting to learn what it's like to be in front of people and be the person out front kind of leading the charge as opposed to seeing background vocals and seeing harmony, you know, which is <laughs> um, so anyways, but. I guess where the where my story to me where it starts to really get to the the good stuff and I can say it's the good stuff now which back then it felt like the hardest stuff mm-hmm. of my life um, is when I was I bet I guess I was about 26 years old or so or 27 28 about eight years ago 
I had my heart broken by this guy that I was just in love with. And it just, I had my heart broken wide open. It's, it's, I mean, for anyone who's experienced heart, um, any sort of heartbreak, you know, that it's almost like a death. It's like a, a grieving. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I, I had my heart broke and, um, I, I didn't know how to move on. And I can remember just more than ever, just praying like, God, I need you to heal me because this is beyond me. Um, it was like a new depth of desperation to want to move past mm-hmm. this, this whole thing, this guy. And, and the cool thing looking back is I can see now where, you know, God did respond to that, that cry for help. And instead of just saying like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to heal this place where this guy hurt you. Instead, he was like, I'm going to reach deep into your heart mm-hmm. and bring you healing that you didn't know you needed and that you didn't even know was possible. And so, um, almost like there was a crack. And he was going to say, let's just open this all up yeah. and deal with all the stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and and, I, and I've and i learned this from people that have really helped me along the way. But now I see it as complete truth, too, is like if someone is open to Jesus, even just a little bit, if they're really genuinely open, that's enough for him to start really beginning to work in, in your heart, you know. But you have to you have to be willing, mm-hmm. you know, you have to you have to come to him with some desperation, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyways, um, that just, it kind of began this journey and this season for me of really allowing Jesus into places in my heart where I really hadn't before because it kind of felt too scary or I was too ashamed or even embarrassed because of my brokenness. I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to talk to people about it. And so, and so kind of some backstory on all of that, can I just say that yeah. can feel so lonely? That can feel so lonely when you feel mm. broken and you feel like nobody else is broken. Yeah. And that's how that's how it appears and it's so scary to mm-hmm. say I'm broken. I I need help. Like that is so that's that's a brave step. It's a brave step yeah. that you took to say I I'm broken and Lord I will let you heal me. So what yeah. what, what was it that was broken? What was the other broken that was inside? Yeah, yeah. It's like I started this journey with Jesus of him helping me, I guess, open up to him about these places in my heart that were just broken and I didn't, I I wasn't able to fix, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, what happened is, is I went on this retreat that was all about um, living from your feminine heart and your desires as a woman and And I remember my jaw was on the floor the whole time because I think for the first time it gave me all this context and this, I guess, language around the things that I didn't feel like I I got, I had. Because for a lot of my life, I just never even felt feminine, you know, and especially came to guys and stuff. I, I just never felt like a guy would really want me. I didn't feel worthy. And, and so from a little girl, like from when I was a little girl, I just always believed a lot of lies about myself that I'm, you know, I'm not beautiful and no man is ever going to want me and I, I'm not feminine and none of that's in the cards for me. And it just, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of different things that contributed to me believing that. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, it it was just like when I was at that retreat, I just remember for the first time realizing how much God loved me and that, oh my gosh, perhaps there's more available than I thought. Like maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe Jesus really does 
want to um, bring me freedom where I felt so much shame and insecurity around my identity and even like my sexual identity, you know, just feeling like I, that no, no, like I said, that no man would want me. And so. Well, and this is on the heels, was this on the heels of the breakup? Yeah. Too? So yeah, yeah, you were in a hard, hurting, vulnerable place too. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, it was a really hard time. But, but like I said, Jesus just began to get my attention and I started to believe that he, he could heal this because mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of reason too, that I didn't really talk to anybody about it. Cause I was like, well, everybody has stuff they struggle with. And so this is probably just mine and I'll just, you know, I'll just get over it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I know it's not true and I'll just keep on just knowing that. But it was like, almost like Jesus, like I said, I said, you know, this is my third time to say it, but I was just like, oh my gosh, maybe you want to heal me in a deep way where it's not even a struggle anymore. Mm. You know, like there's this, this change from the inside out that can happen where, where you, you know, you heal me to see myself the way that you see me. Mm -hmm. And so I began to like do these like prayer times with um, this lady, her name is Sandy and She's such a godsend in my life because I just never felt judged by, by her. Mm. I felt totally, I guess, accepted, you know, and I felt loved. And And though she hadn't walked in my shoes, she wasn't intimidated by my story. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to really open up to her. And we were able to start this process, like I said, over a few years of having these times together that is like healing prayer or inner healing, some people call it, but it's basically inviting the Holy Spirit to show, you know, show me, okay, Jesus, where do you want to heal, heal me? And it's a lot of, you know, having memories restored and a lot of forgiving people, you Mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of people along the way that contributed to, I guess, me having such a twisted view of myself and a broken perception of my identity mm-hmm. and and a lot of confessing uh as far as my unbelief you know and confessing that to God and really a lot of repentance and renouncing all of these lies and instead having them replaced with what is true and and I I can see everything so clearly now but back then it just felt so foggy I felt so ashamed but but now it you know there's um I can see how God wanted to come in very thoroughly and really restore my heart my view of myself my view of him and my view of what's possible and so over time what happened is where where I used to have I had so many places that felt worthless and empty and less than in me he started to fill those places with his love and this transformation started happening. You know, I started carrying myself differently, um, started feeling feminine and starting just started believing like that I was worthy of a, a man's pursuit and to be desired by a man. And I'm not perfect by the way. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, these things are still like being worked in me, you know, mm-hmm. but I've come a long way. He's brought me a long way. But also, uh, you know, this has affected the music stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, I think a big reason that when I was younger, I just wasn't ready to really start the the artist road because I I just didn't feel like I had what it took. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like I was good enough. And when I started experiencing all this life, it was like I started to see life in color for the first time. And a part of me had been awakened. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I have so much I want to say, you know, like Mm -hmm. I have so 
much that I want to sing about. And the ship had finally turned to where it was like, not only can I not run from this artist thing, like I would be being disobedient because the desire is so real in me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And so I, I quit this job that I had so I could have more time to be creative and write songs. And I was like, I want to write songs that are all about like intimacy with God and like having your heart healed by him and realizing that he is the part, the person that can restore those places through just an intimate relationship with him. And, and so, yeah, it was like this, uh, this transformation happened over time. And I was like, I, I can do this and I want to do it. And it was like, I had all the wind in my sails and it was like the time is, is finally right. You know, like I said, I'm 35 now and I kind of set out towards this when I was 18. And so all these years later, I, it's it's almost like Jesus is saying, okay, now I, I want you to share with others what I've already done in you. Mm-hmm. you know? So it's like when I get in front of people and sing, I, I'm really singing from love and from acceptance and from being whole way more than I was, you know, when I was scared to death and mm-hmm. 18 and had no clue how to get where I wanted to go. Does that make sense? It does. Well, and also singing from a place of vulnerability and a, uh-huh. and a place of confidence in, in who you are and who God created you to be versus, mm-hmm. because I'm sure even though it wasn't in the forefront of your mind, somewhere in your subconscious that there were these, all these lies that you were believing. And uh-huh. when you're on, I was a drama major in college, oh, okay. so theater. So like when you're on stage, you can see even if it's a playing a character, you can still yeah. see that person and it's a very vulnerable place to be. So that makes sense that you would, well, I'll just do the background. I'm not going to be out yeah. in front. Like I'll just do the background. Molly, this yeah. is, I, w- when I asked for your story, this is, you know, you kind of think, oh, well, this is what the story might be. This, this is not yeah. at all what I thought the story was going to be. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm so grateful for your vulnerability because I think you're saying words that women say to themselves all the time and lies yeah. that women believe about themselves all the time. And I think yeah. it's what holds us back from doing the thing that God has set in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a big aspect that I'm like, that, I, like I said, that God is still helping me overcome and healing me with is needing the approval of others. Mm-hmm. And it's because you know, for so long, I just didn't believe that I was enough. And so I was going to look for that from other people. And so I know a lot of people do that. But when you're on stage, like, like you said, you understand when you're on stage, and you're looking for people's approval, it will lock you up. Mm -hmm. Um, And you won't you can't share your true voice, because there's this it's like this false version of yourself, because you're you're wanting other people to tell you so that you hope that you can finally believe it. But when you can get in front of people and you're already believing, like I'm so delighted in by God, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. for me, nothing to do with my performance. And he approves of me. He gives me all of his love and approval. Then what you can, then you can actually give people something, you know, you can, and, and it comes from your true self because you're accepting who you really are. Mm -hmm. It's the approval thing has been huge for me. And that's an area where I'm just like, 
God, I, I, I really need you here because if left on my own, I will quickly switch back to just like basically looking to people and going, right. please meet my needs, meet my needs, right. you know. My drama, yeah, my drama director would say to us all the time when we were on stage, as soon as we become self, so the play is the thing. The story that we're telling is the thing. That's the main thing. That's the important thing. Yeah. And when we're on stage and we're supposed to be playing a character, as soon as we become self-conscious, then it's about us. And it's no longer about the play and the play is the thing. And I've thought about that with the, cause the kingdom of God is the thing. The, yeah. And when we become self-conscious, it's about us. It's not about the kingdom of God. So I would imagine yeah. it's the same thing with a musician when, when it's not about the song or the art or the music or the thing that you've created and it becomes yeah. about you and people approving of you and what do people think of you? It's no longer about the thing that it's supposed to be. Totally. I mean, it steals all the joy. It steals all the fun. Mm -hmm. And the the purity of this thing that you've created. Yeah. Yeah. The purity of the expression. And so like, it's just, it's, it's amazing. I just, I just never knew, you know, like I said, I'm kind of eight years on the other side of the the breaking point, the crack, the Mm -hmm. cracking. (laughs) I just didn't know that we could, that we would get to experience Jesus like this on earth. Mm. You know, I just didn't grow up surrounded by that. And so it just makes, I, I just, I don't know. I think it, not every day, but a lot of days I'll just kind of stop in my tracks and just be really blown away by the, the love of God that I get to just walk in and I get to grow in and then I get to give away to other people and so it, it makes you, it makes me grateful for the pain and the hard because I know that I experience love so much deeper now because of it, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Makes total sense. Part of my journey, which if anyone else has listened to any other episode of the podcast will know, um, my mom died of cancer 10 years ago and I went through in four years had 12 losses. So when you were talking about the loss of your relationship, that's for sure that's grief. I mean, Mm -hmm. sounds like you totally went through grief, but the, but the amount of grief and the amount of pain set me on a path that I wasn't expected for, wasn't expecting. And I gained such intimacy with God by walking through that pain with him, which I think is what you're saying. Like the intimacy that you get, not that I would, I didn't choose it, I right. wouldn't choose it, right? but I'm grateful for what's come of it. This intimacy mm-hmm. and this, I get to play, I get to play a part. I get to play a part in what God is doing. What me? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I totally get what you're getting, what you're saying. So yeah. then what, when, how did the, so you've moved from the back to the front and now you're leading worship more from the front. So yeah. what, what happens next? Yeah, what happens next? <laughs> well, I would like to ask Jesus that question as well. Yeah. What happens next? <laughs> um, no, I think I just, I think, like I said, when you experience that kind of healing and freedom, mm-hmm. I just, it's like, I have to help other people. I want other people to experience that same thing. And so, I mean, my, my dream is to continue. It's funny. Um, I know you had mentioned this earlier. I don't know if it caught the recording, but I think you said you gave me a huge compliment um, that when I was up there, it reminded you of maybe like a oh archival footage of Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. Yes, which um, you have no idea how deep that compliment goes for me. I love her. (laughs) I really look up to her, and 
but I, I think in a lot of ways, I just, I, I long to just get more chances to get in front of people and be able to, you know, sing songs from my heart and sing songs from my walk with God that can hopefully, you know, touch people's hearts and just stir up, stir up, not like a horse stir up on sugar lips, <laughs> like stir, stir within them, um, this desire to just want him, you know, Mm -hmm. and just to love him. And so I guess I would say that's, that's kind of what's next to me is I'm, I'm in like the discovery phase, the, the faith, the major faith phase, which I guess what part of life isn't major faith, you know, but how did you get to the part to record, to record this album? I mean, how did, did you already have relationships with people that, that led into that? Yep. So, so Nathan, Knuckles, Christie's husband, he, I, he produced it. Oh, okay. And so I recorded it with him last year and I had to do a Kickstarter for it, which is basically where mm-hmm. you ask people to kind of support it before it's out, right. which that was hard. Oh my gosh. That was like a stress <laughs> ball for like four weeks. <laughs> um, it was hard. It was really pushing me, but it worked out really well. And so, yeah, that's, that's the, the, uh, the actual recording process and, finishing writing the songs and picking the songs and all that, it, it took probably about a year start to finish, Okay. which I think is pretty normal. I don't know. Sometimes maybe people do it quicker than that, but that's what it took me. But sorry, I was, I think I was answering your question wrong earlier. No, 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 um, that's okay. I mean, that was going to be the next question. So you're just, okay. you're just ahead of the game. So, and I don't know if we were recording when we talked about this either, but so, and you're thinking now about going back to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I guess, in the continuing of trying to stay true to the desire in me, and I, I can see how moving back to Nashville would be a good move because of the, just the songwriters that are there, and, you know, just people who are touring and doing what I want to do, I'm, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I guess maybe it's time for me to move back, and and just to try to continue to see where, where God wants to take it, you know, cause mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like. I know what I hope for. I, I'm like, how can I be my own version of, of Dolly Parton, you know, <laughs> in a different way. Um, but it just, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, that's what I hope. We'll see though. So is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure that we talked about in regards of Oh, where can be where can people get your album? This is an important thing. Where can people okay. get your album? Um, well, it's uh, you can stream it on Spotify or Apple Music, um, or you can buy it on iTunes. Or if you're um, old fashioned and enjoy a CD, mm-hmm. which is crazy that CDs are old fashioned now, good yeah. grief! <laughs> you can go to my website, uh, MollyMoody.com. Uh, and Molly is spelled M-O-L-L-E-Y. Um, and you can send me a message and I can, I can ship you one. But yeah. And I think it's on like Google play and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I haven't really. As much as I can find, I'll put in the show notes. Okay. So there are two questions that I ask all my guests. The first one is how do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does retreat look like for you? Yeah. You know, I think if that question could be twofold, as Mm -hmm. far as like, how I retreat in just normal life, you know, if I can't go anywhere, but this is just life is happening. I, I, I can just go in my bedroom and shut the door and I need, I need like an hour or maybe an hour and a half with God to ask him questions and listen, you know, to his answers and 
I guess bring things before him uh, to really get my heart back and see, you know, what am I believing and what's kind of guiding me right now and that kind of stuff. And so I know that's kind of a boring answer, but that's really it. Um, and then if, if I have the space to go somewhere, I like to go places maybe by myself, even if it's just a hotel for a night. Um, again, it, to me, it's all about having quiet alone with God for maybe like three hours. Um, and I'm like kind of ADD on the verge. So I get distracted. <laughs> so it has to be like quiet and by no, myself. Yeah. No distractions. Yeah. Yeah. I love going to the beach. I'm really fair skinned and freckly, but I love laying at the beach and reading a book. That's also <laughs> my retreat. <laughs> and then the other question I ask is if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe something about yourself, what would that be? Uh, I think this is what my family would say, which is what I guess I will say too. Mm-hmm. I really like talking in weird voices. Um, I'm totally okay with kind of being the one that's doing something that would be embarrassing just to try to like make people laugh in my family. So I have like a kajillion stupid, just weird voices that I do and noises that I make. It's just, I just, yeah, I think that's probably the weirdest thing about me when I'm with are like you, my Are you the youngest? I am. Family? I'm the youngest too. Yeah, so okay. I do it. So it's the people are fighting and you're like, hey, everybody, it's fine. Yeah, I'm like, entertain you. Yes, totally. Let me let me just do something weird to take your attention off of how crazy things are. Would you like to do a voice for us? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Well, Molly, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and being so vulnerable. I really, really think women can are going to be able to relate to your story and and hopefully if they haven't already, find hope in, in the way that God can meet them in that and the ways that he's met you. In it. Thank so you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you, Angie. Thank you for joining me at the table. Any links or anything that we talked about during the show can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please go leave a review so others can find us too. If you want to keep up with what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angela Smith MN. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Retreat House Podcast.